We Will Not Be Tamed, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation podcast that encourages all Texans to get involved in conserving the wild things and wild places of our state. I'm Lydia Saldana with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and we're here today at Joshua Creek Ranch in Bernie with Amber Haynes, our We Will Not Be Tamed ambassador. Thank you for having us out here, Amber. Thank you for having me be a part of this. I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, I, I've, I've done a little research about you. I've read a little bit about you in Texas Monthly and other, and other sources and your own website. Um, and I just want to ask you just a few questions about your, your experience growing up and being outdoors. So let's start with that. Absolutely. Um, I was really fortunate to grow up with a dad that really enjoyed bird hunting and shotgun shooting and took me with him often. Not so much to teach me to shoot, but just to take me with him. And so I always grew up kind of in the field, hanging out. He has stories of taking me when I was two dove hunting and me playing in the field and the landowners coming out and fussing at him and saying, don't have a two-year-old out here, get her out of here. But that was just kind of the Saturday event. You know, he would take me to go do something that I would want to do. And in the afternoon, we would either go shoot shotguns at San Antonio Gun Club or we'd go dove hunting together when the season was open. And so it just kind of became a thing that, that I grew up doing. And as I got older and my friends started going on dove hunts, I was always very comfortable going along with them. And I would shoot a little bit, not very well, um, but it kind of got to be something that I enjoyed doing so much that I wanted to learn how to shoot better. And so that's kind of really where the passion and everything grew from, is being comfortable going and then wanting to learn more about it. We're, we're recording this right before Father's Day. Yes. <laughs> so it's really fitting that we have this conversation right before Father's Day. It so <laughs> it sounds like your, your father had a huge influence on you. He did, very much so. So do, do you have brothers, do you have siblings? No, I'm okay. an only child. So okay, that's so this is, this is one of the reasons <laughs> yes. you were out in the field. Absolutely. So did you, did you growing up, did your, your friends, I mean, did they do that too? Or were you kind of an outlier or, or what? You know, maybe I was a little bit of an outlier, but we had, you know, my dad had several friends that they brought their daughters along too. And so that was really special. I never realized how unusual that was. Because when I went, there was always other kids there. And so it was just kind of something that was very common. In so, my world, at least. So you grew up in San Antonio or Bernie? I grew up in San Antonio. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. so, so then you go off to college, you kind of fall away from it a little bit, right? I did a little bit, you know, it, it was, I went to college in Dallas and uh, I do remember my friends- Where in Dallas? At, at SMU. Okay. I spent two years at SMU and then I spent two years back in San Antonio at Trinity. Okay. But um, at SMU, you know, my friends would talk about, you know, we've never, we've never hunted, we've never done this, we've never done that. I looked at him and I was like, really? And I remember having my dad bring my shotgun up and taking them all to the local skeet club and we would go sh I would get them to go shoot skeet with me on once a week or once a month. And there was so, it was so different for them and it was so surprising to me because I was like, isn't this what everybody grows up doing? So you've been mentoring for a long time. And I guess I'm, so. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. I mean, that's just, just amazing. So you start your career, you get married, you have children. Mm -hmm. and, and tell me how you came back around to being out in the field yeah, with absolutely. dad and others? Well, um, I got married and I had two little girls um, and then I went through a divorce. And so during that time, you know, you start having a lot of time to yourself. You know, your kids go back and forth and when they're not with you, you have all this blank time that it's kind of hard to know what to do with. And so that brought me back into the field and my dad started saying, well, why don't you, why don't you come quail hunt with me? Why don't you come dove hunt with me? 
and he was coming out here to Joshua Creek quite a bit because we lived at that time we'd moved to Bernie and he lived so close out here that he was coming out here for quail hunting and I remember I agreed to come one weekend I was like I don't want to shoot I just want to bring my camera and so I came out with my camera and I took a bunch of pictures of him hunting and the guides out here hunting and it was so beautiful I remember just like the dogs and the grass and it was October everything was so aesthetically beautiful that I was like wow you know, this is something that I really want to get back into doing and it kind of just opened that door of we started hunting together quite a bit more out here and then all across the state. Okay, so I mentioned at the top that we're sitting here at, at Joshua Creek. So I, I think it's worth a mention. Tell, tell us about Joshua Creek and what is this place? Yeah, absolutely. Joshua Creek is a, is a hunting, I guess it's a hunting destination. They have everything that you can think of. They've got sporting clays, but in the fall they also bring in pen raised birds and you can quail hunt. They have driven pheasant hunts and they have chucker out here as well. And so it's a, it's a great place to come learn any type of hunting that you're interested, they have available out here. And so it's been a very special place for me as well. It's beautiful, it really is it beautiful. Is. We were, uh, my husband and I drove up and Bill is engineering the podcast right now. We, we come off I-10 and it's like within 30 seconds. Everything changes. Everything changes, mm -hmm. it's just amazing. It's really a beautiful place. So you started hunting with your dad. And so how did McKenna Quinn come to be? Yeah, so I started hunting with my dad, and like I said, everything about quail hunting is beautiful. The dogs are beautiful, you get these beautiful shotguns, you're, the weather is perfect. Everything is, it's, it's a very unique experience. But there was nothing I could wear. Everything was too big, or it was boys' clothes, or it didn't fit right. And so I was always very frustrated. It's, I get to do this beautiful thing in clothes that look like I'm gonna go to the bowling alley in, like nothing fit correctly. <laughs> And so I had this idea and I said, you know, I'm gonna make one shirt and I'll have a hunting shirt. It'll be everything that I want a hunting shirt to be. And maybe a couple of my friends will buy it and that'll kind of be it. And so I did that and it just kind of exploded. So when you say you did that, I mean, are you a seamstress? Are you not. a? Okay, so how, and what did you study in school and kind of, <laughs> how, how did? How does this all go together? It doesn't. I'm, just, this is, I'm always interested in people's stories. It definitely doesn't go together. I have a biology degree. Oh, really? So, yeah, so none of it ties together. But wait, I, wait, wait, back up. You, went, you had a biology degree. What did, you, what did you think you wanted to do when you grew up? Um, I started off pre-med, and oh, then I didn't wow. go that way. I started to go into more aquatic resources and water law. and mm -hmm. So I was going that track until I became a mom, and then kind of just stayed home for a little bit and then I uh, started working for an oil and gas company. So no, these things don't all connect, but I guess in the big picture they start to. But as far as making the shirts, I, um, I started going through things that I wish a hunting shirt would have. You know, um, I wanted it to have arms that you could move around in. And so I found a shirt that did that and I cut the sleeves off and those were my sleeves. And then I wanted it to have a body of a certain, a certain way that it would be tailored, but um, not super tight either. And so I found shirts that had shoulders that I liked or the body that I liked and I ended up having the shirt that I had cut from you know 12 different pieces and stapled together <laughs> yes exactly and I had everything I do is on a spreadsheet so I had a spreadsheet of I want the sleeves to do this and I want the body to do this and and then I went and a scientist mind <laughs> very age. much so yeah. and so I sat down with a pattern maker that a friend of mine knew a and introduced pattern me maker. to okay said, what is a pattern maker well, it's somebody that takes these Frankenstein models and makes it into a shirt. But she, you know, I went through what I was looking for and she has, you know, a CAD type software program that you can kind of build around these, these samples, these shirts. And so we created that. 
Wow. So one of our colleagues, we've got the peanut gallery behind us of a couple of folks from Parks and Wildlife Foundation. And there's another of our colleagues, Julie Shaddix, who's an accomplished um, seamstress. And oh, wow. she, she creates her own fashions. We're all fascinated by it. I think she's going to like this conversation. So you get the pattern maker involved and then... And so we made, we made the sample shirt. And um, at the time I made three, three different samples of shirts. I made a long sleeve shooting shirt made a polo shirt that was pretty basic. It's just a polo shirt with a shooting patch on it. And I made a fishing shirt that had all the seaming and movement that I was looking for. Huh. And uh, that's, that was the beginning of McKenna Quinn. And a girlfriend of mine had an extra space at the Dallas Safari Club and said, why don't you bring your shirts up and you can just display them and we'll see what happens. What year was that? I, it was 2017. Wow, okay. And so I did that. I had three samples. And that was it. That's a target audience. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was big time. Yeah. And through that, I had so many pre-orders for shirts that it was able to push me into production. And so it was really incredible. And so we got production rolling and sold out in three months. And it just kind of has been building from there. Um, it's been, been very neat. Isn't that interesting? I mean, the things you think about, the things you think you're going to do, mm -hmm. and the things you end up doing, but then everything in your life it connects kind of leads, leads you in to strange that, ways, to yes. But it's not, it's, I know that, that Aaron, Aaron spent some time with you, was it last week, week before last, at, a, at a, an event with, with a bunch of women that you're basically mentoring. Tell me about these yes. events that you do. So that's something that has kind of become, I, I guess McKenna Quinn's become more of a platform for women's opportunities to go hunting. And that's something that I didn't, I didn't know would happen, but I've had so much fun getting to do. Um, and so I put on these events of just, you know, what, what do you guys want to go do? And they'll say, well, let's go dove hunting. And I'll put on a dove hunt and I'll have 25 ladies sign up right away and we get to go do these really fun dove hunts. Or last weekend we did a, a it was kind of like a training process for anyone that wants to go dove hunting or duck hunting in the fall. And so we had clay throwers, um, trap machines set up to mimic what a dove would look like in the field or what a duck would look like in the field. And we had some amazing instructors out there. So these ladies could see the presentations of what a dove would be like or what a duck would be like. And these instructors were working with them on how to shoot those things, which was really, those kind of things are so rewarding. They're a lot of fun to get to put together and see come, to come together. Now I know you're going to do an event coming up with the Stewards of the Wild and Tyler. No, I think, what, what was that last year? I've done, well, I did one a few years ago. Maybe okay, that maybe was that's it. it. I, was, I was reading your blog post mm -hmm. on the iPad going 80 miles an hour down by 10. Um, but you have been done some, had some connection with the Stewards of the Wild. I have. I've, when, you know, whenever they do events, sometimes they'll have me come in and set a booth up. Uh -huh. And so that's been fun. It's been fun. It's, it's, Stewards of the Wild is always a really fun group of people. You know, they're excited and they're young and they're anxious to hang out and talk, but also go out in the field. And I enjoy getting to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we try to communicate to folks is the joy of hunting mm -hmm. and what it brings to folks. So can you kind of share with us what it, what it means to you when you're out in the field? Absolutely. For me, hunting has always been something that, and maybe it's by, by the way that I was raised, but it's always been a very social thing to me. I, don't, I think maybe in my lifetime I've hunted by myself twice. Every other time it's been, you know, either with a friend or with a group of people or with my dad or with my daughters. And so, you know, getting to go out and be in the field with the people that you're close to, that you care about, it's, it's very special to me. You know, it kind of transcends, you know, the words that there are to explain them, just to be able to get out there and experience it together. And so I've, I, love, I love getting to take people hunting. Now, how old are your daughters, and have you gotten them out in the field yet? Yes, I have two girls. They're 10 and 12. 
Um, were they out at two like you were? Um, one of them was. <laughs> <laughs> but my 12-year-old this last year has really gotten into hunting. And so she's been dove hunting with me and turkey hunting. Uh, for spring break before she turned 12, I took her on an all-dad hunt. And so we've gotten to do some really neat things. My 10-year-old doesn't like shotguns yet, but she loves to fish. And so we go fishing quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we went from upland bird hunting to Aldad. That's like yes, a huge... it was a huge jump. Okay, so how was that for you? I mean, you, you must have experienced that before you shared it with her, right? Um, I am not a big game hunter, but I have friends that are amazing guides. And so I called one of them and said, she's interested in doing a big game hunt. Will you take us? And he said, absolutely. And so he got her set up shooting the rifle and confident and... We spent three days with him in, in Valentine, Texas, which I had never heard of or been to, <laughs> uh, chasing these odd Everyone needs to go to Valentine, yes, Texas. Yes, absolutely. We were right next to the Prada store. Yeah, right. <laughs> we almost got killed taking a picture there <laughs> last time we were there. I can understand how that happened. Okay, happens. so this story parallels, you know, hopefully, and now I'm turning around to the peanut gallery, we need to get the ambassadors together because Dan Oko, one of our other ambassadors, you know, he shared the story about his daughter, Ursula, who he he what he's not into big game hunting either, yeah. but his daughter wanted to oh, do it. Oh, that's awesome! And so he he helped her. He she had her first deer hunt. That's fantastic. And yeah, so it's a interesting way. There's so many different ways to get into this, and who knows what our daughters are going to do? Yes. Right? Well, one thing that I've learned about this industry in hunting is everybody is so excited and willing to take you by the hand and show you how to do it. You know, everybody has such a passion for it that. If you call up and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Will you walk me through it? I've never had anyone say anything less than absolutely, when can you come? You know, and so that was one thing with the audit hunt that we really saw that was really special. So have you done any big game hunting? I've done axis and deer, okay. but I have never shot an audit. Yeah. And so that, that was all her. <laughs> so do you have any interest in that? Or are you? I, I loved being out there with her. Yeah. We had a blast. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, right? Yeah. That's like, okay. I'm happy to go, but I was like, you take the shot, I'll watch. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, of course, in this last year, crazy, crazy year, right? Um, you got a call from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Yes. Say, Would you like to be a We Will Not Be Tamed ambassador? Yes, what an honor that was. That so was why did sad. you answer that call? Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what was on the other line. I answer all my calls, but that was definitely one of the coolest calls I've gotten. <laughs> So why are you involved? Um, this, I think, you know, this is something that I believe very deeply in. You know, getting to take people hunting is an honor. And so to get to have a platform where I can share that joy and that, that ability is, you know, I'm grateful for it. Well, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. And thank you for signing on. Uh, thank you. Brought to you by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, we Will Not Be Tamed calls us all to appreciate the wildness of Texas, the vastness of our Texas spirit, and why we should be inspired to conserve it. Find out more at wewillnotbetamed.org.